The joy that it brings to your ears to even hear a sound that's not a scream from the first part. And then let alone that it's the word hallelujah, that he's praising the Lord with his first word. This is the Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to Brandon and Chelsea's story. Hallelujah. As a father, I mean, whenever, whenever we're walking through difficult times, like, and we're asking the same questions, God, why? 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 You know, why are we walking through this now? Why is this so hard now? And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because of my inability to speak. I can tell Landon, right? But he was so young that he literally was incapable of understanding. That part of it made me really stop for, for the rest of my life. I've stopped asking God, God, why are we in this situation? Why are we in this moment? You know, as if I'm, even capable of understanding what he's doing. You know, and sometimes he tells us, you know, when we're older and we can see what he's doing. And, um, and it's not because God doesn't, can't speak sometimes, <laughs> you know, he can speak. Um, but sometimes we are just incapable of understanding. And, but I told Lynn, I said, buddy, you know, one day, um, I mean, this is, this is, was to save your life, you know? And, um, and I knew that one day he would, he would grow up and he would be really grateful for that. Um, and he would actually see it as, as being good. But as a dad, all I can ask in that moment is just trust me. You know, just trust me. This was for your good. It was to save your life. When Landon was born, we knew that or when he was born, he was born sick. He was born really, really small yeah. and um, had difficulty breathing. And so he stayed in the hospital for about a month before we ever even got to bring him home. And once we finally got him home, he was thriving and eating and breathing fine and had a total, totally normal infancy. Yeah. Um, and then around nine months, we started realizing that he was losing weight and pretty drastically, like almost, I would say, half a pound a week, and got to the point where he looked almost like he was malnourished. His head was very large. His body was very small. Um, he had no energy. No energy. We had to carry him everywhere. He couldn't crawl. He couldn't sit up. He couldn't really do anything. At that point, we took him to Children's Hospital in Dallas, and that would have been in 2013. Yeah. We took him to Children's in Dallas and to multiple specialists in the hospital. They actually admitted us, so we lived there um, for a few months while they did testing, and um, they gave him a tube to feed him, and he still was losing weight. I mean, they, they had a lot of doctors trying to figure out what was going on, and it took a couple months. Yeah. Um, so, but it turned out that he had obstructive sleep apnea. And obstructive sleep apnea, there's two kinds. There's obstructive and there's central. Obstructive is the most common to where, you know, there's literally something obstructing his breathing. So once we found that out, you know, the diagnosis level was five episodes an hour. Most, most people will be diagnosed with severe sleep apnea, even adults, with five episodes of not breathing per hour. And Landon had 164 episodes per hour. 
So what they found out, they calculated through an algorithm that he was actually losing, um, he was burning 1,800 calories every night trying to breathe. And so, and his body was never replenished. So he couldn't replenish, his cells could not replenish, he couldn't grow, he couldn't, everything he was eating was literally being burned while he was trying to sleep. And so, so yeah, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't grow. So all the symptoms that he had of being lethargic and, you know, having no energy. And they tell you that he's failure to thrive, which is just the worst sounding Yeah, I mean, we heard some some really, yeah, scary words, but, um, but we just needed, we needed answers and we needed a solution because, I mean, obviously, yeah, it was, it was going downhill really quickly. So he's had nine surgeries total but the first couple of surgeries were very basic like take out his tonsils take out his adenoids or try and repair and the airway to the just trying to clean up the air area so that he could breathe and it did improve somewhat it would go down to i think the next sleep study was 50 something per hour and which is still off the charts crazy so we decided at that point they sent us home on oxygen and um on a little tiny CPAP for little babies this is at home now he's about 21 months at this point, and he had been on oxygen from the time he was maybe 11 months, 12 months outside of the hospital, so around a year. Yeah. Um, I walked in his room. He was standing up in his crib, and he was saying, Mama, Mama, Mama. And it looked as though he had marker or like an ink pad that maybe was smeared on his face, his hands, everywhere. I thought, oh, my goodness, did... His brother put a marker in the bed or, you know, I was, all these things running through my mind. So I picked him up, I laid him on the changing table, and I started wiping it with baby wipes. And immediately it went away. And I thought, well, that was weird. I wonder if my, something's wrong with my eyes. I know, I know it was there. So I called the doctor, and at that point he said, keep him awake. He said that that's an episode of cyanosis, like C-Y-A-N, to where, like, literally you turn your extremities turn blue because all the oxygen is, is trying to get to your, your So vitals. he was so almost, basically almost dead. That is the stage, like, right before death. You know death. So, <laughs> yeah, so... It's crazy. So, so Landon had his surgery, um, and, you know, I remember walking back there um, and seeing him in the ICU. For the first time. For the first time. And Landon's on the bed there, and, and, you know, he's got this blue tube, you know, coming out, and he's in recovery. Um, And he's, like, crying and screaming, you know. Um, But, like, nothing came out. Like, no sounds were coming out. I, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. You know. I mean, I. I had no idea what that was. We had be no like. idea that it would take away his voice. <clears throat> Most children with a trach don't speak. They can learn to make sound with a valve, but they don't speak. They don't learn to speak. It's and a, so it's a two-way. You can have things. I mean, they said, "Hey," I was like, "You know, what? What can we do here? You know, um, in, in recovery, like, what are his options? I mean, how, is he just not?" speak and they're like well you know he can try a two-way valve and all this stuff but he's right like in his development time there's only been a handful of times where i've like i've truly wept in that moment i mean i lost it like really really lost it you know you want to be strong for your kids and you want to um yeah just try to help them get through and encourage them and and that it'll be okay 
you know, but I, I just kind of leaned over behind his bed and, and it was for a couple hours, like I could not get, get it together. And it was, it was all the why questions, you know, why, why, why Landon? Why, why us? Why, why now? I mean, what's, I just didn't understand, you know, like, why is this so hard even, you know? Like, I don't understand why this is so hard. He said, it's because you can't explain to him why he woke up like that. And I wanted to as a dad, you know, he's in this situation, it's like a really trying, difficult, he just woke up without a voice. And, um, but I couldn't explain to him why. As I was really asking all these questions why, um, the focus was always on me up until that point, really kind of in my life. And I only had this lens of like, well, how does this impact me? How does this impact my family? And the Lord just spoke and said, your life is not your own. Your life is to be lived for others. And, um, and so he said, if you can understand the moment, like the situation that you're in, like I can use you. From that moment forward, it's like now he's in recovery for months, you know, like months and all of the training and like it's complete life change. So fast forward um, a little while and Landon's about three now. He's had his trach for about a year and he's making little sounds uh, with a speaking valve, but it's very much like a yell, like a eh, eh. And he could, and he would get so frustrated. Go off to into a corner He'd just for corner hours, and so like, and roll around and scream, and I mean, from the point where you just are, you're helpless, really. And our prayer was always that Landon would speak, and so that. But from the very beginning, our whole family had decided, you know what, we're not going to pray that that he will speak. We're going to pray that he's completely healed. Mm -hmm. His grandparents have a global ministry and had people from all over the world come to their home for a council. And there was a Brazilian woman who had a testimony of her own, and part of her testimony was that she had a trach. And she saw Landon's picture on the mantle at his grandparents' house. And she had asked permission to pray for him. Landon was four years old, and she canceled Host, she was hosting a conference, almost like a Pink Impact or um, so like a, women's a women's huge women's conference in Brazil, and she canceled. And she said, I'm going to stay here because the Lord has something for me here. And through translation, she started telling us, Landon's going to speak. He's going to speak at night when he's sleeping, and then he's going to start speaking every day, new words every day. And God is going to use his voice to reach the multitudes, the world. Yeah. He's going to use his voice to reach the world. Yeah. And we were all just sitting in the living room together, kind of all over the living room. And we started out just by playing a wor couple worship songs. And she just opened her Bible and we could see she was reading and praying. And then she approached Landon and set him in her, set him in her lap and just touched his hair and kissed on him and was so, made him feel really loved and really safe. 
and she just started praying in Portuguese. In the meantime, we are all worshiping and praying that he would speak a word just to give us that evidence of God's healing, like right then. And so that's when his grandmother started singing the hallelujah like chorus. We were all singing together. And that's whenever he, he was standing sort of in the middle of the room, but we were all <laughs> kind of just around him. And So then Landon just starts like repeating after us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mean, chanting it almost. We're like, he doesn't know how to sing. And we're just all sobbing and screaming and cheering and praising God. Like, and what is, what going is happening? On? Like, this is... This is happening. And it was just the, it just, oh, the joy that it brings to your ears to even hear a sound that's not a scream from the first part. And then let alone that it's the word hallelujah, that he's praising the Lord with his first word. Like, was just unbelievable. Was overwhelming. Like, overwhelming. Overwhelming. And that night, my mother-in-law, Brandon's mom, spent the night in his room and prayed over him all night. She stayed awake and prayed over him all night. And she said, Chelsea, he was saying words. He was saying home. He was saying love. He was saying all these were all positive, one-syllable words. The next morning, he woke up, and he pointed to... Well, a, his demeanor completely changed. His demeanor changed. completely changed. It was like he was just the most joyful, happy. It was like all of that, like... All of it was gone. Like the Lord like had completely changed his his spirit, his countenance, everything. He was a completely different child. We were at the grocery store about a month after he started speaking, and he was reading labels on the on all of the things at the store. And the Lord had literally downloaded in his little brain <laughs> how to read, how to. He taught himself how to read, like crazy. All of these things before he ever spoke, and so once he could speak we were able to understand what God had actually done in his brain, in his spirit. In his <laughs> it was mind. like, who is this kid? Like he would come back. I mean, seriously. He would sit down with letter, little block letters and spell out words like dodecahedron. Yeah. And, and like, going, what? Parallelogram. Things spelled exactly correct, correct. The way they should be. Spelled. It was so crazy. So we start experiencing daily miracles. Daily miracles. He's loving on his baby sister. He's running on the playground. He's, and he, me, all this time he's in therapy to speak, and he didn't say a word. But right when God, you know, gives him his voice, the speech therapist is like, wait, so what have you been doing with him? Like, <laughs> yeah. what? And I'm like, no, God healed him. Yeah. That is the answer. God healed him. And she's like, well, I know you're, I know you're a woman of faith, but... What have you been working with him at home? And I'm like, no, no. Like you don't get it's it. It's a miracle. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. It was yeah. nothing that we did. God healed him. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. Thank you for listening.